All right. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Faithfully Engaged. Um, today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, social media, SEO. If you have no idea what SEO means, you're going to learn all, all about it today from our guest, Brandon. So, Brandon, it's great to have you on. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on. My name is Brandon Leibowitz, and I've been involved with Digital marketing since 2007, helping people get more visibility and exposure online. Got my um, degree in business marketing. And after I graduated, the first job I got out of school was helping a company out with digital marketing. And I didn't really know much about it. They said, don't worry. We don't know much either. We're going <laughs> to learn with you and take you to classes and workshops and seminars. And this was back in 2007. And after doing that for a few months, just kind of realized this is probably the future. Everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. And there's lots of different ways to get traffic such as like social media, running paid ads, doing email marketing, doing search engine optimization, but really just focus more on the SEO side of things because it's a way to get free traffic. And I always thought, why spend money on paid ads if you can get up there for free? And over the years, I've worked at different advertising agencies as a director of SEO, but also realized that I could work on uh, pick up, like build a freelance business up by finding clients that aren't a conflict of interest. So when I was working at these agencies, most of the clients were like e-commerce businesses. So I was able to go to like a local restaurant or doctor or lawyer, or whatever it may be, that's a local business and essentially offer them my services to see if they need help with SEO and built that up by working before work, after work, on my lunch breaks, on my own company and built that up to where I was able to eventually quit my job and focus solely on this and really been doing that ever since, just helping people tap into that free traffic from Google. Yeah. Well, it's great, great to have you on. And then let's let's start with just that that SEO. Um, you've you've already mentioned what what that is, but for somebody that's listening, that like, what on earth is SEO? What what's kind of that over ten thousand foot overview, basic uh, explanation of what SEO even is? All right. So SEO is search engine optimization, which means optimizing websites for search engines. So when you're searching on Google, which Google kind of runs the show. There's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads. Right below the ads are the organic, the free listings. And SEO is all about getting you in those free listings. There's 10 spots on that first page of Google that list out websites. So we're trying to get your website listed on that first page of Google so you can get that free traffic without having to spend money on paid ads. So it's really just trying to tap into that free Google traffic. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned there, free Google traffic, you said free is better than pet paid. Oh, I mean, pretty much every way. So uh, you're obviously an expert at this. You've been doing this for quite some time. Um, let's start back in that, that 2007 timeframe. Um, what was different back then? How, how, how did you get your feet wet and uh, learn more about it? I, I that was way before my days of having a website and everything. So what was that like kind of pioneering back in those days? Well, it was a lot easier because there was less competition. So the more competition, the tougher it becomes. Back then, like you said, you didn't have a website. Most people didn't have websites. Nowadays, it's a little too easy to build a website on WordPress <laughs> or Shopify or Wix or Squarespace where anyone could build a website, throw it up in a few hours and start becoming a competitor. So it's a lot more it's a lot tougher nowadays. Back then, it was much easier. And for the most part, everything is still similar to what Google's looking at in the search engine, the algorithms. It's just changed a little bit because people found loopholes and ways to kind of game the system, which search engines say, nope, we don't want you to find these loopholes. We don't want you to game the system and find these shortcuts. We want you to work to build it up. 
So essentially, like all the algorithm updates are like really just trying to stop spam, like cleaning up mm-hmm. spam and people have figured found loopholes and game the system. And I mean, the only major updates that really have a big impact are like back in 2013, Google said mobile is taking over. And if your website's not mobile friendly, we're not going to show you on mobile devices, which nowadays accounts for over half the traffic to any website mm-hmm. or if your website loads slowly. We're not going to like that. So every once in a while, they'll let you know what they're doing. But most of the time, they don't really tell you what they're doing. They kind of keep it secret. But as long as you're not spamming, then you don't really have to worry about any of those updates because that's really what they're doing is trying to just clean up the results and provide the best user experience. Because if someone searches on Google, goes to your website, and then it loads slowly or it doesn't look good on mobile, that's a bad user experience. And you're probably going to hit that back button. And Google doesn't want you to do that. They want you to find what they're looking, what you're looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. So the easier you make it for people to find what they're looking for on your website, the more Google's going to reward you with more traffic and higher rankings in the search results. Mm, yeah. Uh, that that all, that sounds, uh, you know, fairly, fairly basic. Yeah, I get this uh, website built up. It needs to be, be relevant. It goes on the Google uh, search engine. It needs to load fast. Okay, fine. That, that, that won't take me very long. That'll just take me 10 seconds and, and I master it, right? Like, of course not. There, there's more that goes into that. So why is this, why can it be a little, besides just the competition, like you said, why might it be a little intimidating for people to try to tackle SEO issues all on their own? Well, Google doesn't really care what you put on the website. So all that stuff, like making changes to your website, building a website, putting keywords on it, doesn't do anything. because. It's too easy. Google knows that anyone can build a website. That doesn't mean that you're real, legitimate, credible, trustworthy. Because again, Google doesn't want to rank a website and then find out that you're selling like shoes online and then you're selling fake Nikes or something like that, or you're just stealing people's credit card information. So they want you to build up trust. And the way to build trust is by getting what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you that are related to what you're doing, the more trust Google is going to give to you. And then they look at those keywords on your website, but it doesn't work the other way around. Without building backlinks, it's pretty much impossible to rank on Google. And what is a backlink? A backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So let's say you're reading an article on Forbes.com. In there, it says Brandon Leibowitz, and you click on it, and it goes to my website. I'd be getting a backlink from Forbes.com. So the more websites that talk about you, it's kind of like a popularity contest. The more trustworthy Google sees you as. And, but yeah, there's so many other variables. That's why it's tough because SEO is like a puzzle. There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Some are bigger than others, like the content on your website. The backlinks are two really big pieces of that puzzle, but there's so many little tiny things that have those impacts that it gets a little tricky with Google. They don't make it the easiest. They make it seem straightforward and easy, but there's so many little nuances and technical details that it gets a little tricky. Yeah. Uh Kind of, kind of sticking on the the topic of backlinks. Um, that's something. If you know, if, if anybody saw the the title to this episode and like look up SEO, what's SEO? And uh, backlinks inevitably is going to be something that pops up um, when you're looking at SEO. So that makes sense. Of somebody is backlinking me, so good. That's communicating to Google. Okay, this website probably is something that's trustworthy. So. 
let's say I'm a new business owner. I'm trying to get my website out there um, to, to all sorts of different people. How do I get those backlinks? How do I get people to communicate back to me and to show Google that I'm that I'm really legitimate? Well, there's a lot of different ways to build backlinks. The best way is look at your competition, spy on your competitors using paid tools. You have to pay for these tools. They're about like $100 a month or so. So just pick one of them. Like Ahrefs is pretty popular or Moz or SEMrush. Kind of just like pick one, use that tool, and then go into Google, search for your keywords, and make a list of all the websites that appear because these are your competitors. Even though they might not be your competitor offline, if they rank on that first page of Google for your keywords, they are your competitor online. Like let's say you're a restaurant and you search on Google and you see that Yelp appears. You're like, Yelp is not my competitor. But if they're ranking for your keywords, technically they are. You might have 20 other restaurants in your city, but if none of them rank on that first page of Google, then they're not really your competitors online. Offline, they're your competitors, but online, you got to figure out who your competition is, who ranks for your keywords, and then throw make a list of all those websites and then throw them into those tools and you can see all of their backlinks. And if they're on that first page of Google, Google is definitely rewarding them because of those backlinks. So if you could look at those backlinks and find out which ones are relevant and authoritative and reach out to those sites to see if they would potentially link out to you because if they're linking to your competitor, they'd probably link to you. You just got to get creative and figure out what did your competition do? Did they write an article? Did they get an interview? Did they do a blog post? Did they... Are they a local business? Are they on Yelp? Are they on Google Maps? Are they on Apple Maps? Are they on like the BBB? Do they join like a chamber of commerce? Do they like sponsor a trade show and got a backlink? And you pretty much reverse engineer their entire strategy and see how they've gotten that traction, what they've been doing. And then you try to replicate that as much as possible. You're not going to be able to replicate everything because some of those websites are going to be 10, 20 years old that you're not able to reach out to these sites. But you want to try to find as many sites that are related to what you're doing and authoritative. You don't want to just go for any website. You got to make sure that they're niche related and they have some authority to it. Because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, instead of ranking higher, you're going to actually drop down, which we don't want that to happen. We want you to rank higher. We don't want you to fall down those results. Do you have some more examples of the, on the, the bad network or the, sorry, the bad uh, backlink side of things? What, what are some examples of a bad backlink, so to speak? Um, I mean, so like if you're, let's say, selling shoes online and you're getting a backlink from a pharmaceutical company or a gambling company or like anything that doesn't really align, that would be a bad backlink. Or it's like if you're based in the United States and you're getting backlinks from other countries or other languages, that's also a negative sign signal to Google. So it all comes down to just thinking like, all right, if I'm a selling shoes in the United States, what type of websites would link out to someone selling shoes? Probably like other website, well, depending on what type of footwear, if you're selling like sports shoes and maybe like sporting websites or like, it's all about just understanding like what's related to what you're doing. Maybe other manufacturers, designers, stuff like that, that that's going to be related to what you're doing. So it's all about relevancy. That's the big mm -hmm. part is finding sites that are related to what you're doing, not just finding any random website, but finding sites that are at least somewhat related to what you're doing. The more related, the better, but it doesn't have to be exactly what you're doing. Like I'm an SEO company, probably not going to get other SEO companies to link out to me because we're all somewhat competitors. But if I could find websites related to like marketing, even traditional marketing, like TV, print, radio, it doesn't have to be digital marketing or SEO. Anything somewhat related to what you're doing, that's what Google wants to see. Yeah. 
So it's probably not the best of ideas just to say any and everybody put my website uh, on on your website. But if it's in the ballpark, um, we, we definitely want that because that's telling Google that, yeah, I'm, I'm selling shoes and these warehouses or whatever are backlinking me. Probably a, a legitimate website there. So that that makes sense. Now, I, I'm going to kind of rail on my my hometown for a little bit. Um, so I, I'm in a, a somewhat rural Oklahoma. And um, not that nobody in town has heard of SEO and, and things of that nature, but um, it's not necessarily the talk of the town. It's usually you go to that restaurant because so-and-so owns it from so-and-so. You know, it's a lot of word of mouth, which that obviously still matters. Um, but their big thing i know i i can't tell you how many uh times i've tried to google a restaurant or something in my town and they don't have a website so i go to their i go to their social media page um i would imagine you would agree having some form of social media presence isn't a a bad thing but what what would you say to somebody that says well why do i need a website cuz i have i have a facebook Every every business in my town has has Facebook, but they may not have a website. Why might that be an issue if they already have a Facebook? Why should they just go ahead and, and get a website too? Yeah, well, if they have a Facebook page and you go on their Facebook page, there's ads that promote other businesses there. And if you have a website, you're not going to promote other companies. You're going <laughs> to promote yourself. You don't want people going to your website and then be like, oh, look at all these ads. I'm going to click on these ads. And then they forget about your service. And maybe you made five bucks from that ad, but you could have made whatever amount by having that person actually become a client and having them repeat business. So it's just really understanding that like Facebook, it's promoting other companies and it's not yours. They could take you down anytime and you just lost everything or Instagram mm-hmm. or any of these platforms could take you down for any reason. Like you don't have any control. That's not yours. It's you're just renting space off these platforms. And that's the biggest issue is you're just renting space. Also engagement is really low or reach is really low, especially on like Facebook. So if you've worked it, built up that Facebook like 10 years ago and you have like a thousand likes on your Facebook page and you post 10 years ago, all thousand people would see what you post. Nowadays, about 5% of that audience will ever see what you post. So mm. five out of a hundred people will see what you're posting. So if you have a thousand likes, 50 people will see what you're posting, which is good, but it's not a thousand that you work to build and build and build. And if you want to show it to those other 950 people, there's a little button on Facebook and Instagram that says boost this post up to show it to the rest of your audience, which essentially means you're like paying to play. Like these are all paid platforms nowadays. Social media used to be free, but now, I mean, it's still free, but if you want that exposure and the reach, you have to play, you have to spend money on paid ads. So that's one thing is like, you're not going to be able to reach that audience. And also you just have to understand like, who is your audience? Like for restaurants, like I don't know how many people are going on Instagram to look for a restaurant. I mean, some people do, but mm-hmm. most people are probably going to go on like Yelp or Google to find a restaurant and then maybe check them out on social. It's like social proof to make sure they're real, legitimate, have reviews, they're trustworthy. But in general, most people are probably going to go on Google first and then check mm-hmm. you out on social. But you still should definitely have that presence on social media. It's just understanding who your audience is and where are they. Like for econ or like for sports and news, then you definitely need to be on social media. Like anything sports related, news, music. Social is where you're going to get your traction because people really aren't going on Google looking for like new music. Some people might again, but majority of people are probably going to go on social or Spotify. So it's all about just knowing where your audience is and how to be in front of them at the right moments at the right times. And it's good to have a presence everywhere, but you don't want to put your, all your eggs in one basket and 
you also don't want to rely on social because if you just focused on Facebook only, now you're like, I should have probably focused on Instagram or now I need to focus on TikTok and I have to start all over again and rebuild that audience. And it's not that easy getting an audience from Instagram to TikTok or to Twitter or vice versa, even though they know who you are. It's really, really tough to get them to cross-platform change over and follow you on a new platform. So that's why having your website, yours, you have full control. You have to put out what you want. No one's ever going to take you down. I mean, Google could drop you down in rankings, but you still own that website. That's yours forever. And you promote yourself. You don't promote other companies and you get that reach and visibility. And it's just it's a way to brand yourself and get yourself some real visibility and exposure. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And that's something in my short time frame. Um, I've, I've got uh, for this podcast, I have, have my own podcast website, but also more importantly for my my counseling practice, um, have really seen that that importance there that, um, yeah, that website is mine. And that's fundamentally different than social media. Uh, my, my page is kind of mine, sort of, but not really. That, that, that's Facebook's. Um, so I, I think that is a key difference there. On the the topic of social media, have you found um, particular types of social media that are more important than others? Are there some that you should um, like, I really need to make sure I have a Facebook or really need to make sure I have an Instagram? Does it really matter what kind of social media presence you have? Well, it really comes down to your audiences. Who is your audience and where are they? That's what matters, you don't need to be everywhere. I mean, it's good to like claim your username on all those platforms so no one else could take it. But in general, being active, do you really need to be active all the time? Not necessarily. I mean, some platforms maybe, but it just depends on your audience. Like, where are they? Who are they? And how do I engage with them? And like for myself, I do SEO. Like not many people are really going to go on Instagram looking for an SEO company. So I'll post every once in a while, but it's not like I'm going all in. Whereas like on YouTube, I could post a lot more. People are looking for SEO related content on YouTube. So just trying to really understand who and where your audience is going and how to be in front of them when they're actually on those platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really does go into that um, awareness of what is my business and um, what, where are these customers at? And I'll just kind of throw my own two cents in there too. Of uh, I've been kind of doing some of my own social media presence and, um, for me, maybe it's just the old soul in me. I, I don't really understand TikTok that much. It's just not, I'm not really a short form content kind of guy. That's my, I have a, a longer form podcast. I'm just not going to go there and other people can, people can be successful there, but I know myself, um, as kind of what I'm looking for to and, and some of my, my audience members. So it, it really is a lot of those, those personal preferences there kind of, and your, your customer preferences too um on kind of the topic of social media and just even uh on your on your site on your website it's one thing to have people to go to your social media um or, or to go to your website but it's another for them to actually follow through um to, to actually get that sale in the end so how do we go from just attracting people google sends us in that's that's great um but how do we get to the finish line? How, how do we turn all of those followers into sales? Yeah, that is a tough part. Uh, it's not easy. And that's where you just got to figure out offering. Well, especially with social media, it's tough to get people off of social media. Most social media locks you in there. They don't want you to leave. So you don't really get, especially like Instagram, you get like a bio link and maybe you do like a swipe up story with a link. But other than that, 
there's not many ways for people to go to your website. So having like a good like call to action in your bio, offering something of value for free, it's going to incentivize people to go to your website. But even then, once they go to your website, that doesn't mean anything either. Like visitors are just visitors. How do you get people to convert on your website? And that's where you got to really think about what's called conversion rate optimization is how do I optimize my website to maximize the value of every visitor, which for some reason, not many people really talk about too much. It's like, I'll just build a website and make it look nice and pretty, but you don't want a pretty website. You want a website that converts that traffic Mm -hmm. into sales, leads, phone calls, whatever that conversion goal is. And that's where you have to understand that whatever someone sees on the screen, that's called above the fold. Most people don't scroll down on the website. So if you don't have a value proposition at the top, letting people know what's in it for me, having your call to action at the top. Like if your e-commerce website should have the add to cart right there, button right now above the fold where they don't have to scroll down. Or if you're a service-based business, you could have like a form right there or your phone number or your email address, but you got to have some call to action above the fold value proposition, then maybe like a couple bullet points or a video or something that's easy to digest quickly because attention spans are just so short nowadays that if you have a long block of text, no one's going to want to read that. So shorter kind of little bullet points lower down on the page. You can have all these details and go deeper into it, but essentially on the top, you got to keep it clean, easy to navigate, more minimal, just really the things that need to be there. And again, kind of take a step back. If you're looking for your product or service, what would you want to see on this page? What's going to keep you engaged that you don't hit that back button and don't leave that website. Maybe offering something for free that we could capture people's email addresses as well. Having like a pop-up, like if you're e-commerce, you could give a discount. Like anyone that's a first time customer gets 10% off. Just give me your email address. If you're a service-based business, it's a little tougher. You got to create something like a class or ebook or something that you offer for free, collect those email addresses and then start content marketing through email. Just offer value. Don't promote yourself. Just offer value and establish yourself as a subject matter expert. Or if you're selling products and establish yourself as an expert in that product, but whatever it is, you just got to offer value and offer tips and, Really, that's going to be the best way to get someone to trust you to want to buy because mm. you got to get Google to trust you to rank you in the search results. Once people get to your website, you got to get people to trust you. So it's twofold. You got to get search engines and people to trust you. And getting people to trust you is probably harder than getting Google to trust you because Google's just a robot and there's kind of a formula, but people are people and everyone's unique. And how do you really relate and get someone to want to learn more about your product or service? It's not the easiest. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a really good point. And um, something that I think is very important that you keep saying is value. Um, that's something that I find important just in my relationship with others and, and how I, I want to treat people, not not just in a, in a business, but um, in day to day conversations is am I bringing them value and am, am I bringing my wife value and in, in the way that I'm treating her um, now? your customers to your website or, you know, you may not know them personally, but if you're just trying to take their money and that's my only goal, like, of course we want to get their business. Um, but we're not trying to rob them. We're, we're trying to give them something that's, that's worth their time. Um, and putting your best foot forward there, kind of going back to the, uh, how would you like to be treated? How, how, how would you like to engage on a website? Um, yeah, I think that really goes down to it to not just see people as that robot, like like 
the Google search engine, but see them as people. And even if you don't interact with them personally, still treating them as people and, and treating them as, as somebody that's valued um, and giving them a, a good product or good service instead of just, yeah, give me all your money right now. That, that, that usually doesn't work very well on that website. No, no, people could see through it pretty quickly. So yeah, you got to offer value and be authentic and not just be in it for that quick buck. Yeah, great, great. Now let's say um, I'm a business owner and okay, here all this SEO stuff, that's great. Um, but I don't have time to do all these backlinks and, and build that all up. I need this right now. And they, they're they going to look into that that pay to play to, to do uh, Google ads or, or social media ads. Um, where where do you even start with that of I want to run ads like that? They might be overwhelmed. Like how how do you even manage an, an ad campaign like that for your website or social media? Well, that's again, knowing who your audience is and where they are, because there's so many different ads that you can run that most people want to do social media ads, but they're cheaper for a reason because it's lower quality traffic. You're just interrupting people based off interest and topics, but they're not searching. Someone's searching on Google. They're searching, they're looking actively, they have that buyer intent behind it. So it's going to be a little bit more expensive to run Google ads, but that's right. You're probably going to get a better return on your investment. And it's just really testing, throwing everything against the wall, seeing what sticks, what resonates and pushing more money to that. Pull money away from what's not working because with Google ads, there's lots of different ads you can run with Google. You could do search ads where it's searching on Google. You see those ads at the top of Google. You do banner ads, you do Gmail ads, you could do YouTube ads, you could do discovery ads there's so many different ads that google has that it's all about kind of just testing and seeing what works and pushing more money to that scaling back what's not working and just testing and optimizing that's the biggest thing with the ads is don't just set it and forget it set them up test them out see what works push more money to that pull money away from what's not working like maybe females 40 to 45 are clicking but they're not converting cut them out maybe males 20 to 25 are clicking and they're actually becoming a client push more money to that so it's all about testing and testing and testing. That's the biggest thing with the paid ads. Well, just in general with everything with digital is testing, but especially with the paid ads, because you're paying every time someone clicks. Well, depending on how you pay, there's other ways where you can pay per impression. So anytime that a thousand people see your ad, you might spend $10. So there's different ways, but you want to maximize that value because you don't want to just be wasting that money because the ads, they get quite expensive. They work. If you're making a positive return on ad spend, I'd say keep running them. Something wrong with those ads, but just be aware that they do cost money and they can get a little pricey. So that's why you want to try out all these different platforms because some will be less expensive than others. Google search ads, very, very expensive. YouTube ads, pretty cheap because not many people create the video. People don't want to put the, create a video. It's a little bit mm-hmm. more time invested. Whereas, so less people are bidding on those video ads. It's going to be much cheaper. Everyone has a website. They can just throw the website up saying, I want to rank for this search term. So those become much more expensive, but the ones that are, require a little bit more work like banner ads a little bit cheaper youtube ads much cheaper and those are be much better i feel like youtube puts a face behind the company builds trust up and it really helps out a lot that that's that's a really interesting piece there i hadn't even really thought about that myself that i I mean it makes sense it's kind of that supply and, and and demand type of uh uh type of thinking there it's very easy to like you said every time that i go on Google, you see those those top ads like that. We, we see it all, all the time. And when you're on YouTube, you see it too. But 
I, you just don't think of it quite in the same way. And it does seem to be more of a, a production quality and things like that, a little bit of a harder entry there. So if you put in the work it make, I hadn't considered of the cost with that, but um, sounds like that could be a really good value if you're, you're willing to put in that work to, to put the video in for that. Mm-hmm. Especially because YouTube also gives you 30 seconds free ad space. So if someone watches your video ad for 30 seconds or 29 seconds, then skips it. You don't pay a penny after mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Then you pay like 10 cents or 20 cents a view. So it's much, much cheaper. And if they skipped it, like if they skip it after five seconds, they still heard you talk for five seconds. So yeah. they still got a little bit of your message in there, not the full message, but at least they heard you, they saw you. So implants that scene and it's pretty much like free ad space because YouTube knows that not many people make those videos. So they want to kind of incentivize you to make these YouTube videos because they are really powerful. It's just, that barrier to entry but nowadays with cell phones you just grab your phone and do a video right there you don't have to have the whole production and it's actually more authentic and people like that more than the whole production and commercial style type of video yeah so that those of you listening if uh you're like man i i really have this great idea i have this great project um but ah, this is so expensive that might be something to think about um uh, of going down that that more video route could be some decent bang for your buck um uh, on this advertising side of things I, i'm sure it kind of depends on the, on the company and, and where you're at but um have you found kind of a sweet spot over how much paid advertising as opposed to how much seo like should i focus more effort solely on seo like half and half seo and, and ad space uh, do you really have a good answer for that i'd say it's different for every business depending on like where you are like if you're a startup it's a brand new website seo is going to take months and months and months so if you want immediate traction paid ads might be a good start once you start getting that google rank or the seo starts kicking in then maybe you could scale back a little bit off the paid ads but if you're making a positive return on ad spend i would say there's no reason to turn them off. As long as you're making more than you're putting in, then don't necessarily need to turn them off. But if you're losing money, then you definitely want to cut them out because we don't want to be bleeding money to any of these platforms. So as long as you're making a positive return, I would keep them going. But the main ads I really do like that I would always keep going are retargeting. So anyone that goes to your website, doesn't make a purchase. Like if you go on Amazon and you don't make that purchase, you see those ads that follow you around. You can do the same thing to your website. Anyone that goes to your website doesn't do a specific action, like doesn't fill out a form, doesn't make a purchase, whatever it is, you could set up different ad campaigns. And these are all warm leads, warm traffic that have been to your website, but didn't convert. And that's your chance to try to get them to convert. And that's going to be much cheaper than doing a cold outreach campaign where you're just targeting random people. These are all people that have been to your website, something distracted them, maybe it loaded slowly, maybe it didn't look good on mobile or whatever it may be, but they were there. Now you just got to keep yourself top of mind and those are really cheap and really effective. Yeah. Uh, again, kind of that that value word coming back in there, even on on your end of things. Um, you want to bring value to the to the customer, but you also want to get value out of you. You're the customer there for for your ad. Uh, you you want to get value on that end, and that seems to be a very attractive way to try to get those people that they already clicked. So let let's try to get them to to click back again. Yep, yep. They were that close. Let's keep yourself top of mind. And it's going to be much easier to get someone like that versus a cold outreach campaign where you're just targeting people that have never heard of you. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, on some just uh, another kind of practical type of question, I know this is one I've thought of of myself um, on social media, and I know it, it kind of depends on again what social media you're doing. But is there a better time of day to post things? Like, should I do it in the morning and afternoon? Does it really matter? So that one is also same thing. It depends on your business. Like, let's say you're concert venue you're gonna be like all right we gotta post friday evening saturday sunday versus if you're like selling like baby diapers you're like all right when can i reach parents when they have some free time maybe early in the morning or maybe after they drop their kids off at school or whatever it may be so you gotta kind of like take a step back and think like if you were your client or looking for your product or service what times of the day would you be searching or do you have free time to actually look for it i mean in general most people say post like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. But that's what I used to think. But now I realize it's not a one size fits all. It really depends on your business. Like if you're doing sports, like you could post 20 times a day. No one's going to be mad versus if I post about SEO 20 times a day, people are going to be like, <laughs> what is going on? This is too much SEO. So it's all about really just understanding your audience. And I would look at your competition, see what your competitors are doing. What platforms are they active on? How often do they post? What time of the day do they post? What time of the week do they post? Because with digital, pretty much everything is out there. There's nothing that's really hidden. If you look in the right places, you can see what your competitors are doing and get ideas based off them. Like maybe they're posting 10 times a day but on Facebook, but nobody's liking and engaging. Then maybe Facebook isn't the best platform or maybe they're just doing Facebook wrong. But if you see they're posting on Instagram all the time and they're getting a ton of engagement, all these likes, all these comments, then you're like, maybe I should be on Instagram. So it's all about just kind of getting ideas, basing them off your competitors and just trying to again test. Don't just copy what they're doing, but copy it and then test and see, does this work? If great, if it does great, if not try something else and keep testing and testing until you find that sweet spot. But usually the analytics will tell you too in a lot of these platforms or not all of them, but some of them will show you like time of day that your audience is active so you could use that. But again, you got to think just because they're active, does that mean they're looking for my product or service? You got to think like, when do they actually have free time that like if they're a new parent, they're not going to have much time, maybe in the afternoon or when their kids asleep, they could have some time to search for products about children and babies. But if you're like a venue for music and concerts and like, all right, weekends are probably where I'm going to be posting all the time to keep people active because now it's relaxation time. Let's give them content about how they can enjoy their free time. Yeah. Uh, and again, some some common themes uh, keep popping up here of I like that there's kind of that creativity part there that, hey, if something's not working, then go go try something else. Um, but there's also that analytic part. Um, let, let's look at the numbers. Um, what is working here? What what's what was an aspect of that post that worked great? What didn't work well? Um, it's just kind of going back to the drawing board there and um as opposed to just this is the one way you have to do it. Um, and I'm going to follow this formula every single time. Um, if it works great, but if it's not working, then, uh, you know, try, try something new. Uh, it, not, nothing too extreme about that. That's kind of just life in general. Um, and I think that's what I enjoy about this conversation is while these topics like, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces and I don't think anybody understands every single aspect of SEO, but that barrier to entry there isn't quite as high as some people 
might think. Um, oftentimes, it's those it's those fears that really keep us from going. So I think you've given us a, a lot of really good ways to get your feet wet, get started, um, and go create, go go make new things, go make great great content out there. But sometimes we're our worst enemy, um, and just think, oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Um, and then we just don't make anything. And that that's sad. We, we should go out and, and try to make new great things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just play around and don't be scared. Don't get overwhelmed. I mean, it's a lot, but if you piece by piece it, it's not as overwhelming. And over time, you'll get that traction, but just don't get overwhelmed. Don't get scared and just jump in there and play around and test and test and test. And if you break something, it's fine. You can just go back and fix it. And it's not the end of the world. It's not like you're you can't change it. You can't revert those changes. Everything is pretty flexible with the digital. So don't get overwhelmed. Great. Well, I'm imagining um, there are people listening to this episode that want to to catch up with you and and follow you. And and maybe they're interested even in in some of your services and getting getting their own website up and going. So uh, where can the audience find you? So anyone that wants to learn more, I should create a special gift for them if they go to my website at seooptimizers.com. That's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. And they find my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've thrown up for free so they can see step-by-step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar for a free website analysis, I'm happy to check out their website from an SEO point of view and they could book some time on my calendar there for free as well. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would encourage all of you if you have a website or you're thinking about about making a website for for your business services or whatever, um, go check them out. And yeah, I, I really appreciate your your conversation on this topic that's not very well understood by a lot of people. But um, I, I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. All right. Well, thank you for everyone that uh, were were listening to this great conversation today. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And let's just go continue fighting for truth. Thank you. Thank you.